Hey guys, welcome to the newest episode of Funtime Football Talks, and we're eventually thinking of changing the name to something like uh, New York Giants, New York Jets uh, rant. And uh, today I'm joined with my good friend, uh, Jets Fan 101. I decided on his name right now. We're still in the <laughs> process of figuring it out. What's so, going on, guys? Anyhow, so let's get started. If you want to follow me, you can follow me on New York Giants Fan 101 on Twitter. It's NYJFan101 or at GFan101New York. And so today's topic is, first let's recap a little bit about the uh, fact that it's the fourth week into the regular season of the football. What's your thoughts on currently on how the Jets are standing? 0-4? Well, yeah, they're, they're playing very poorly. Um, part of that is injuries, part of that is bad coaching. And then, and then you have the whole, you know, which, which team, which New York football team is worse argument. So I'm not even going to get into that. But both teams kind of suck. At this point, it's more of a race for Trevor Lawrence, which we can get to later in the segment. But. Yeah, but are you? I'm not sure you're gonna, you know, be able to define Trevor Lawrence as kind of like the idea goal, because every quarterback that comes into the league, you never know if they're actually gonna be a hit or miss. That's true, but uh, Trevor Lawrence, they say, is like the next Andrew Luck coming to the draft. And I'm not, you know, suggesting that's true or not true, but both Daniel Jones and Sam Darnold coming out of college were very. At least I'll speak about Darnold, then I'll get to Jones. Darnold coming out of college. I liked him. I, I did. Um, but he only had two years starting experience in USC. I, I've had a friend very recently tell me, and this is something I kind of agree with, outside of Lamar Jackson, the 2018 quarterback class is very overrated. I know Josh Allen is playing incredible right now. I've never really been high on him. I think he had serious questions that, to date, in four games, doesn't really answer it. And I'm it's, assuming Baker Mayfield is also having kind of that little uh, down-low spiral right now. Right. I mean, Baker Mayfield, they said, was, you know, in best case, was like a Drew Brees. I didn't see it. I saw Baker Mayfield as more of like an okay quarterback, but nothing special. Donald, to me, was like the only real quarterback in the draft that I thought had real upside. Lamar Jackson is, you know, a very special, talented player, but I've said this before, and, I, and I'm going to stick to this. Quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson and Michael Vick, and Lamar Jackson is just a younger, faster version of Michael Vick, which is kind of scary, but... Yeah, but um, they also play very well across, you know, their time span. They like, play very they well, but they never stuff. win anything. Uh, the, the only example I can think of of a purely running quarterback or a dual-threat quarterback, if you will, which is a term most teams and most general managers in football use today, of a dual-threat quarterback winning a ring, two examples I can think of, Russell Wilson and Steve Young. Now, Lamar Jackson is definitely a very talented quarterback. I, I, I don't think that's up for debate. But, and the Ravens have a very good young team. But we've seen in this, again, only two seasons. So we're, not, we're not talking about a large sample size, but we're, in two seasons, he has not really been able to take his team over the hump. Uh, part of that is his, his passing leaves some to be desired, certainly in the, the mid-range. He's got good deep arm. He's got good short-range accuracy. It's the middle of the field where he struggles. Uh, Deshaun Watson is another excellently talented quarterback who can run. Dak Prescott, to me, is one of the most overrated quarterbacks in, in football. He's definitely got so much to work with. As a Giants with. fan, I kind of agree with that, but that's uh, you know, uh, yeah. a side discussion. Uh, um, and Daniel Jones, uh, you know, the Giants shocked the world by taking Jones at sixth overall. Was it the right move? Hard to say. Um, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if it was the right move, but I, I can say is that both the Jets and Giants, when they took Darnold and Jones, it's not like they were a quarterback away from competing. You know, they, have a seri- they had serious roster deficiencies that to date still haven't been addressed. Like I think the offensive line. For both teams, yeah, certainly. Um, the, the one, the one uh, silver lining in this is the Jets did put serious investment in their offensive line. Both teams did. In Thomas and Becton, I would say the Jets, on paper, when healthy, which is a big if, 
um, have especially this season after the whole uh, debacle right, with the right, turf. Right, and, and the, the you know the, the speaking of the, with the Jets with the Jamal Adams trade, many people loved it and hated it. I, I think as great as Jamal Adams is, and he's a talented player, he's a surefire pro bowler, there's nothing to talk about in that regard. He's one player, and, and um, as good as he is, he's not a, his position is not one which is a total game changer. The Jets right now have deficiencies on the offensive line. I think their tackles are okay, even with Becton. I think their center and guard positions should be upgraded. They, they signed the center in free agency, Connor McGovern. He's played meh, and that's me being very generous. Um, but even best case scenario, like you know, nobody thought. Everyone's criticizing Joe Douglas for his free agency. There was not. You're not going to find the starters on the offensive line. Both teams in one losses. You know they have both teams, with the exception, possible exception of Nate Soldier, and I'm hesitant at that. I mean, Think, they could have gone after the guy who uh, Cleveland went after. Yeah, Jack Conklin. But I, I'm talking about before the season off season started. I'm not even talking free agents. I'm saying before the season started. The only proven. NFL caliber starter on the offensive line that the both teams had that can going to start you 16 games and play average to bo- above average was again possibly Nate Soldier and that that's pretty much it. Both teams require a serious overhaul on the offensive line and to Douglas's credit he did do it to a degree. The Giants did at least a little bit. The issue I had with the Giants' offensive line investment is they didn't get a center. They thought playing a tackle at the center position. Well, if you're talking about Nick Gates, the thing with Nick Gates is he's played a guard also last year. So it's not really necessarily about, uh, you know, him not having played an interior position. The only thing was is he's never played center before, which is at least, you know, he was taking it on Aaron Donald last last week and uh, was actually performing pretty well. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think the um, the issue with both teams is they have not really been able to develop continuity. This is the first draft. I can't necessarily speak as well about Gettleman, but this is the first draft I can name as a Jets fan in a long time. We are talking about, I think, four to five players that are going to be on your roster for the next two seasons and well, probably be at least somewhat starters. Like, just taking it by round. Beckton looks like a keeper. I know Mims hasn't played, but even conservatively, he should be a solid receiver. Nothing special. I, I don't think... People are saying he's like, you know, maybe even like Deshaun Jackson. I don't really believe that. I think he'll be okay. Average to a little bit below average, maybe. Which is okay for a second rounder. I think Ashton Davis will be solid. I did not love the, the Jets' second, third round selection of Jabari Zuniga. I thought LaMichael Perrine will be okay. He'll be like a, you know, middle, like kind of a second or third uh, string running back. Um, their fifth round pick is was a, was a good pick, if he can stay healthy. Bryce Hall... Was expected to go in the second or third round. They get the Jets got him in the fifth, and then their their punter they took in the sixth round looks like a tremendous keeper. So I would say Davis, Braden Mann, Michael Perrine, Becton, Mims, and then maybe Bryce Hall. You're talking about a class that can help. With the Giants, they got you know McKinney, but unfortunately he's hurt. But even when he returns, he'll probably be healthy. I'm I'm confident in that. They got Andrew Thomas, who doesn't look like he's playing the best of all the tackles right now. Right, but I think Thomas will be okay. I know. I, I think Thomas, and this is something I've told, said before, I think Thomas, out of the four tackles in the draft, you had your pick of the litter. Thomas is the most pro-ready, but he also has the least upside. Um, I think, I, I personally, when the Jets were on the clock, I expected them to take worse. They took Becton. I was a little surprised by that. The one I wanted all along was Jedrick Wills. I've seen nothing to change my mind. Um, the only issues I had with Worfs and Will. Wills is there was concern by NFL teams that they'd be able to play left tackle. Now, Wills technically played left 
protected Tua Tagovailoa's blindsiding college. Tua Tagovailoa on the Dolphins. That's okay. A, it's a hard name to say. Is a, is a, is a, is a left-handed quarterback, so he was a right tackle in college. Which is not something you see. Right. So, and also the difference in the college game between left tackle and right tackle is not that significant. You know, left tackle, right tackle in college is pretty much a very similar position. In the NFL, is two completely different positions practically. Um, you know, and I would argue left guard versus right guard, there's like no difference. Left tackle versus right tackle, depending on... I can on hear that because at the end of the day, you're really kind of playing the same thing. You're not really taking a blind side per se. Right. It's more just can you hold the defensive line right. still. In the NFL, left tackle, assuming most predominantly most quarterbacks are right-handed, so left tackle is like a premium position. Now, Tristan Wirfs could be a very elite right tackle, which is not a problem. And I think Jedrick Wills had more... He did start some at left tackle, so it's not like he never played left tackle in college. But, you know... It would have probably been better if he, if he, um, Jedrick Wills, you know, I, I think that's a concern with some teams is that Jed, with Jedrick Wills and, 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 um, Tristan Worth be able to play left tackle. Now, with Andrew Thomas, as I said, he's probably the most pro ready. He had experience in left tackle and right tackle, but you're getting a, a very consistent player. You're getting a player who's going to probably be a solid starter, which is all you want, but he's not going to be an all-pro left tackle. Uh, Mikai Becton, Jedrick Wills, and Tristan Wirfs might be all pro left or right tackles. Um, th then the argument that you know, me and um, Giants fan 101 over here have argued for a while is the Giants at fourth should not have taken a tackle. Or I've always said if they're going to take a tackle, they pick the wrong one. I think when you're taking in the top five, you got to go a little higher. You don't want to go you know lower risk. You want to take a little more risk. I think Jedrick Wills would have been a, a more logical choice at fourth overall. Um, that's assuming they should have taken the tackle at all. You can make the argument they should have taken Isaiah Simmons. Which is what I argued in the past. And the reason for that was mostly because, obviously we were talking about before Xavier McKinney, uh, you got to remember Isaiah Simmons came in as a pretty much do-it-all you know, safety, if not linebacker at that no, point. No, he's a jack-of-all-trades playmaker in the secondary. Which, yes, is a little bit uh, you know, skeptical coming into the league. Can you actually handle that at all positions? Are you going to be able to transfer all the you know, different uh, mechanics to come into the play? But at the same time, he was kind of like, when I'm looking at the paper, it was like, what do the Giants really need? You know, I was not expecting, you know, Solder to kind of take a step back. And even Opt if we... Out. He opted out. He decided he's going, okay, we're out for the season. You know, rightfully so, due to his son, you know, having cancer and trying to keep him safe. I uh, can respect that all the way through. Granted, at the same time, I might argue that, uh, you know, it's time to get rid of Nate Solder. Granted, he's got a hefty contract, but it's not going to be transferred for the next two years, you know, to the Giants. Uh, I think it was over $20 million for uh, next year and then 19 the following year, which at that point I would say get rid of. Um, but even so, you know, consistency is something that, you know, I think D Joe Douglas would technically agree with as well. Like, you want to see consistency in a player. Just like when you want to have a good line, you got to see consistently play across right. the and field. Right, and I think that comes back to what I was saying before, is both of the Giants and Jets issues the past few seasons. I mean, there's many of them. We can we can go through all of them, but the main one... Offensive line. <clears throat> the main one is, is offensive line. The Jets have had an aging offensive line for years that they never really took care of under, under Mike McCagnan. The Giants have not really had a even above-average offensive line. I would argue even the years they won the Super Bowls, at least the second one, was not a great offensive line. Well, it wasn't a great offensive line, the but it was definitely days, though, better than what we had since... Yeah, uh, no, no, the old days, you, had, you had David Deal, you had, you know, you had other players there that were, like, not necessarily elite, but well above average starters. Um, and that's all you need. And, I mean, you look at teams that have won Super Bowls the past few years, uh, or at least teams that have had a lot of success on offense. What the Cowboys did, obviously they didn't win a Super Bowl, but what the Cowboys, I would argue that was because they didn't have a good enough quarterback, but um, what the Cowboys have done is they, they invested a first-round pick after first-round pick after first-round pick into that offensive line. They took Tyron Smith, 
Zach Martin, and Travis Frederick in three straight drafts. Unfortunately, he's no longer playing, but... All three of those turned into Pro Bowl caliber players, if not all pro. Yeah, but some might Tyrants. contribute that to Mark Colombo, who's been their you know, coach for a while until this True, year. True, but they, even coming out of college, they were very high-regarded prospects. It's one of the reasons why I, I thought... I mean, I didn't, I didn't necessarily think they should have taken Zach Martin when the Giants took Odell. I didn't think at the time they needed a receiver. I thought they should have taken Aaron Donald. Now, granted, no one no one would, would know Aaron Donald would turn into what he is now. I just felt that, the that's Giants... That's one of the uh, always to catch. Yeah, no, but, but even without that, even if he turned into less than what he is now, the Giants needed significant help along the defensive line that year. They did not need significant help in the wide receiver's room at the time. Um, you know. True. So it's, it's a matter of, of opinion. But a, a lot of the criticism of Joe Douglas, I, I find, and Adam Gase, frankly, is unfair. Um, I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't love Gase, to be clear. I'm not an Adam Gase apologetic, to quote uh, Troy Aikman on the Thursday night game. I think the Jets' issues stem much larger than Adam Gase. And this comes to my argument in general. At least in football, you know, teams have this assumption that the head coach is largely responsible for the win-loss record. It's not always that simple. Um, I, well, I insert, point in case, I would say here, you know, look at the injuries. Like, the, the injuries, amount of injuries really the inju- affect how you can play. The injuries, although I will say the Jets have been more injury-prone under Gase than any previous head coach I could think of, so there's what to be said for that. But even ignoring that, I, Adam Gase is not the reason the Jets are on the board. Adam Gase has certainly not helped it, but the Jets have serious roster deficiencies. So do the Giants. And uh, Joe Judge, I don't. Well, we'll wait and see with him. He seems to be an okay coach. I don't think he's going to be anything spectacular. Nor do I think the Giants fans should think of him as anything spectacular. The rare, very rarely do you find the very good coaches. You know, I, I think both teams are looking at serious roster overhaul and possible coaching changes. I don't think the Giants are going to fire Judge at the I end of the season. I don't think they should. Like- no, I don't think they will. The Garrett might be let go. The Jets are letting go of Gase regardless at some point, either the, during the season or after. I don't think during the season makes any sense. And that brings me to my that. original point. I, I think, first of all, as much as they say that Joe Douglas and Adam Gase were, you know, cur- like they, they, they were like kind of a, a matched pair, I, I wouldn't agree with that. Douglas didn't hire Gase. Gase picked Douglas because Douglas is a good GM that Gase knows he can get along with. Doesn't necessarily mean that that Douglas wouldn't hesitate to fire him. Well, at the same time, at least that's you know a starting point when you're trying to get a general manager. You don't want somebody who's just going to go like, eh, just fire your new head coach. No, I'm saying is that I think the the Jets will probably fire Gase. Douglas, I don't think is going anywhere. He's given a six-year contract for a reason. And as I said, I think in one offseason he's done more than both general managers before him in combined in ten seasons. I think arguably some might say even better than Dave Gettleman. I mean, that's not, with all due respect to the Giants fans. I mean, that's granted everyone's on Twitter, you know, ranting about Dave Gettleman I don't think Dave for Gettleman, uh, playing analytics I, I, with a keyboard. But I, I think even Dave Gettleman on the Panthers was not a GM I was overly fond of. Um, you know. But he also made the team into a playoff Yes contender. and no. Cam Newton coming out of college was a tremendous talent, regardless of who the GM picking him was. It's the same thing with the Jets. Do you give the Jets credit for drafting you Jamal? You give them credit Ed? for uh, McCaffrey. Uh, okay, I'll give him that. Um, but I, I think even I'm not beyond... knocking him. I'm just saying, like as you know, no, as but general I, like, manager, do you give the Jets credit for drafting do something? Do you give the Jets credit for drafting Jabal Adams at six? No, he was the best safety in the draft and the best player on their board, hands down. Certainly at that spot, I don't necessarily give the Jets a pat on the back for drafting Jamal Adams. Yes, he's a player that worked out, and the Jets have drafted surefire picks that have not worked out. But Jamal Adams was if the if the Jets hadn't picked Jamal Adams at that spot, it would have looked like almost comical, because he, he was the best player at that spot. Um, I mean, that being said, I, I don't think Gettleman is like this horrible worst GM in football, but uh, he's made some decisions that are just 
seriously questionable. Yeah, but so, every you know GM has that hit or miss factor. You're yes not and no. Hit on every no, the good pick. GMs have consistency. Um, you know, Ozzie Newsom, who's granted maybe more of a Hall of Fame GM, so it's a little different. But even his replacement, Eric DaCosta, um, Andy Reid, and the Chiefs front office have made more or less consistent decisions. A lot, of, a lot of teams, you know, make more consistent decisions, and some of Gettleman's decisions have been consistent. You know. Um, well, for starters, he's been on a defensive line all the way through. Which right. Has uh, played very well this year. Right. But some of Gettleman's decisions just make absolutely zero sense. Uh, Arguably, some would say uh, Leonard Williams being signed, uh, you know, well, this I think the Leonard Williams tag, trade but... to begin with was one that was, first of all, problematic for two reasons. Well, number one, the trade didn't make any sense to begin with. Um, number two, you're trading with a crosstown rival, which never has a good optic, even if the trade works out. So even in the best of circumstances, it wasn't going to end well for him. That's why the trade doesn't really work. Now, the, the player the Jets drafted in the, in the with the pick the Giants got, Ashton Davis, do I think he's going to be anything special? No. I think he'll be a solid starting safety. Yeah, but that's all you need in you know today's generation. Yeah, yeah, but the, the Jets probably could have done more with that pick. It was 68th overall. There were a lot of good players there. I, I made the argument that instead of drafting Zuniga, which is a, who's a defensive end out of Florida, they should have drafted... Um, Tyler Lloyd Cushenberry, who's the center, who's playing really pretty well on Denver and is a position the Jets needed. Connor McGovern was their big ticket free agent signing on the offensive line that has not really play, performed up to his contract so far. Again, four yeah, games. but at the same time, he also wasn't signed to a massive contract. No, and he was also the only offensive lineman that passed that's owed guaranteed money after the season, which is what Douglas was like. There were no real surefire players on the offensive line this offseason other than Jack Conklin. And Douglas's thought process, I mean, I'm not in his head, but I would think the 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 the, the um, Browns gave um, gave Jason uh, I'm sorry Jason gave um, Jack Conklin a significant uh, guaranteed salary. Would in hindsight would it have made sense for the Jets to sign Conklin? Probably, but Douglas doesn't want to splurge in free agency unless the player is a surefire guaranteed to make an impact on your roster. Which is one of the reasons why I have not liked Mike McCagnan. Mike McCagnan has made some very questionable draft decisions and tried to use free agency as a way to cover it up, and it's flopped miserably. He's given out some of the worst contracts over the years I can think of. I, I did not love the Le'Veon, Le'Veon Bell contract, even coming out of you know Pittsburgh, even if he hadn't sat out the year and had an elite season in Pittsburgh. you know, uh, To me, spending that much money on a position like a running back is not worth it. I, I, I find you can get, obviously, the cream of the crop running backs, McCaffrey, Barkley and Elliott, you're not going to find on the free agent market. But there's always some well, decent... Some might argue against Barkley right now, considering two years of injuries. Yeah, that, although I think that is largely due to the offensive line. Not saying the guy doesn't have talent, just to clarify over there. No, I think that's I think that's more to do with the offensive line. I, I think you're looking at a, a, a position that you don't need to spend $15 million a season to be productive. I, I'd argue that any, any running back, even the worst running back in football, on a very good offensive line will put up good numbers. So it's not about, you know, obviously you want players that can make plays, but I didn't agree with that. And then the C.J. Mosley contract, I, I didn't really get that one either. I mean, he's an inside linebacker, Pro Bowl player, no doubt. Just, I didn't think I the mean, contract... the Giants have been struggling with inside linebacker for years Well, now. the Jets gave five years $85 million. That's $17 million a season for an inside linebacker. That does not really seem to make a lot of sense to me. To be fair, I would say Blake Martinez is playing very well to his contract value. But he's right not now. being paid $17 million a season. That is true. 
and I'm very happy with that. And Mosley opted out. I don't criticize him for opting out. We're living in crazy times, but that crazy contract, times. You know, the Texans, uh, sorry, not Texans, Titans just got uh, nailed with like uh, 20 players. Tex out. A few teams have, but uh, Cam I mean, you're basically out for uh, COVID right now. You're uh, looking, but you're looking at a, a player who played in one game last season is not playing at all this season. So five years of his contract, two of which are null and void. So that basically means, uh, obviously, it's not all guaranteed. But 34 million down the drain for what? A game? Three quarters against Buffalo Bills where he played great and the rest of the season didn't play. Well, one could argue on that one. If you're going to opt out mid-season, it's a little bit problematic. You know? Well, he didn't opt out mid-season. But I'm not even talking about the opt-out. He played in one game his season. You know, when you sign a player to a massive deal in free agency, they have to play. And they have to be healthy. Um, you know, Tremaine Johnson is another example. He's paid $72 million on a corner who... Might have been the top corner on the free agent market, but was never any dominant player. He made one Pro Bowl. He was a solid corner coming to the Jets, but nothing special. I, I mean, that's another example of a, of a player that did not make any sense to give out the contract he did. Yeah, based on that, I kind of want to ask you what your thoughts on James Bat uh, Bradbury is. I think he's playing really well. I think he was very, very, very overpaid. Um, I think he's he's typically a number two corner on most teams. Which is not a bad thing. The Giants. I mean, have, he's been covering number one wide receivers. This he's year. the number one corner on the Giants, which should tell you about the state of the Giants' secondary right now. To be fair, they're also playing well above their weight class. Yeah, that's true. I, I think the Jets have the worst secondary in football, so I, I don't. I wouldn't necessarily criticize the Giants. Uh, I think the Jets have pretty good safeties. The Giants do not. I think the Giants. Well, to be fair, the Giants had uh, two out of the three of their safeties on injuries. Uh, yeah, last week, the Jets so. have also had that with all of their positions. Injuries are happening to both teams a lot. True, but a lot of people are blaming that on the turf after the 49ers. Yeah, you know, I heard played that. their two I games in that. a row, not lost half their team. Granted, the 49ers are one of the most well-built teams in the NFL currently, based on what I see on the talent, you know, ability to produce. There's a finer, 49ers have done what the Cowboys did with the offensive line, only on their defensive line. Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, Solomon Thomas, DeForest Buckner, now Javon Kinlaw. You know, they put a ton of draft capital into... But that sometimes is all you need to win the games. No, and it's worked out really well for them. They have a very dominant defensive line. D. Ford, who they traded with the Chiefs, ironically enough. Um, I mean, that, that, that's the whole thing. I, I think the, the... Well, I think it was at that time the Chiefs needed cap space in order to be able to sign Pat Mahomes, yeah, well, who's yeah, got his I'm own contract question that, like, why are you signing that amount of money? I would not deign to criticize the Chiefs on that front, but, I mean, they replaced D. Ford with Fink Clark who's basically the same player. Not arguing there. <laughs> I just don't know why that, like, why not just re-sign D. Ford, but okay. Well, there's that, but there's also the fact that I think uh, D. Ford wanted a lot more money also on top I of mean, that. It's not like they're not paying Frank Clark, not, Frank Clark nothing. He's getting paid much, much the same. And yeah, but he's Mah also... Mahomes is a very special player, but that contract is insane. Yeah, that contract's insane, but mostly because I would argue to say that the, you know, the salary cap is arguably... People have been saying it's going to go down for the next couple of years. So if you're going to do that, you're really kind of strapping your team. Well, that's why a lot of Jets fans were like upset at Douglas for not trying to sign Logan Ryan and uh, trade for Yannick Naguke. Well, Logan Ryan, I can arguably say at this point, could have been signed for cheap, especially after the Giants got him. I mean, he, he was not a, a player that you'd have to splurge on. But Douglas's thought process in free agency, love it or hate it, is I'm not going to spend money. Unless it's a really good player, or and unless it's a player who I'm pretty sure will be able to contribute. So yeah, he, he come on, Logan Ryan is contributing, and at the same time, you could have gotten for a pretty cheap one year. Yeah, deal. Logan Ryan, I would argue he should have, he could have signed. He probably should have signed. I think also a lot of Jets fans are upset that Douglas did not re-sign Robbie Anderson, which I tend to agree with. Not that especially I think, looking at the wide receiver core right I, now. Right, know? but not that I think. But I only say that because the Jets wide receiver room is so bare. I, I think if they had more decent receivers. Like, I don't think Robbie Anderson is worth $12 million at all. 
You got one year, twelve million from Carolina, guaranteed. I don't think he's worth that kind of money. I, to be in general, I'm very against you know wide receivers getting paid that much. Not because you know some of them are not talented. Maybe well, that's the, the thing. The, your... the reason why it didn't it didn't make a lot of sense. To, yes, they would have been overpaying a little too much, but the Jets just don't have enough receivers. And Robbie Anderson had more of a rapport with Darnold, which. Now, Donald loses that. And Brashad Perriman was also not a bad signing. I, I don't think he was... I think the Jets' issues stem with just... And the Giants, with a lack of talent on the roster. I mean, look at look at the Jets, for example. Who is a player on the Jets' offense that can really scare you, that you have to game plan against as an opposing defense? I can't really think of anybody. The only one that even comes closest is Le'Veon Bell, who I don't even think you have to well, game Well, even him. He hasn't been playing that well. He hasn't been playing that well. He's not a player I would argue is anything special, so I don't know why. You, but he's the only thing on offense the Jets even have that's remotely resembling a weapon. I think maybe when Denzel Mims comes back, he can be that. Possibly Chris Herndon, who's just been nowhere this season. He just not, has not produced. The Jets have no weapons on offense. So then I have a question for you, based on that, because I'm assuming you're going to say the same thing about the Giants wide receiving core pretty much being depleted. The only threat at no, possibility is Slayton. Slayton. But I would argue the Giants, when healthy, have more to go talk about. Barkley is something you have to game plan for. Well, Darius Barkley's Slayton. injured and out for the season, so I wouldn't call that really game planning. Well, Barkley's injured out for the season now, but uh, when healthy, the Giants have more weapons that are disposable. And I'm not just talking Barkley. You have Barkley, you have Shepard, you have... Shepard is constantly getting injured. I'm honestly saying to myself, Slep, as a Giants uh, fan, maybe get rid of him now, you know? Right, I, I hear that. Terry Slayton, Evan Ingram is more of somebody you have to game plan Even for. Evan Ingram, I, I would argue, like most Giants fans, they want to see him on a wide receiver. I don't, I don't think the Giants have a lot to work with on offense either. They just, I'm just arguing they have more than the Jets do. So then what about the defensive side of the ball? Like, you're going to plan for defense on the Jets? Well, I think the Jets have some, I mean, obviously a lot, half the defense is injured now, but the Jets do have some players that you have to, you know, worry about. Uh, Quinnen Williams, I think, is a better defensive lineman than the best defensive lineman on other team. People might call that controversial. Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams are both solid, but I think Quinn Williams just has a ton more potential. I mean, currently, the Giants' defensive line is playing extremely well. They are playing extremely well, but I think Quinn Williams just has more upside than Dexter Lawrence or Leonard Williams right, does. So now let's move to the question that I was going to ask, and that's this. Sean McVay has recently been stated before the Giants game on uh, Sunday that the Giants' defense is a pain to play against and to game plan around. So what's your comments on that? If he's saying that it's very difficult to plan around the defense such as that, and you're saying, I, I think it's, both not, of us are arguably saying that uh, the Giants' defense is playing well above their weight class to start with. Well, I, I think the Giants have a lot of big bodies in that defensive room. I, I think Dexter Lawrence is a massive human being. <laughs> he's a big dude. I, yeah, I think he's a big guy. Yeah, he's like Vince Wilfork with a little more speed, which is a little scary. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think that the Giants have played well above what anyone expected. I, I personally do not see it continuing. I think they'll take a step back. I do think they'll have a solid defensive line. I think their defensive line is, is pretty good. Well, that's going to really depend on Leonard that's, Williams that's, getting re-signed or not. I think what McVay is also kind of subtly referencing is that the Rams do not have a good offensive line. So when you have a bad offensive line coming against an above-average defensive line, chances are defensive lines could create problems for you. Which, if you think about it, I didn't watch the Giants game. It was our, you know, holiday. But the Giants, the Giants didn't lose by that much. They just had an inability to do anything on offense because the, the Rams' defensive line was good enough to stop 
Daniel Jones. Now, the problem... I mean, granted, you could say that the Rams' defensive line stopping the Giants' offensive line, which have yet to really, you know, solidify themselves into any sort of, you know, I'm, average I, Yeah, line. I love... I'm a big believer in Sean McVay. I'm a big believer in Jared Goff. But lately, they have not really performed like what everyone th is talking about, how McVay is like this young, brilliant offensive line. Now, what I think is going to happen over the course of the next the rest of the season, I think both the Giants and Jets aren't looking at more than four wins apiece at most. That's me being very generous. I mean, you could argue about the Giants due to the fact that they're in NFC East. Or as yeah, a lot of somebody's like got to beat somebody East. else in the NFC East. I, I, I'm not a big... I think Dallas is the best team in that division, which is not saying much because I don't really love the Cowboys either. I think they've got great offensive weapons. They just don't have the greatest quarterback. They've got a very good offensive line. Their defense is trash, though. Their defense couldn't stop the lick of beans. Well, it's going to be great for Daniel Jones, at least to get his numbers up a little bit. But speaking we'll about see. that, kind of wanted to go back to that because that's where we kind of started from and kind of went way off topic. But at the same time, so what are your thoughts as kind of last minute wrap up type of thing? Should the Giants and Jets be going after Trevor Lawrence? I think if you're in a position to draft him, and I really hope the Jets do, the Jets have not had a surefire QB prospect since ever. Um, I mean, they could have taken Marino, but that's a discussion for another day that I'm not going to get into. Um, that's yeah, a big one. I, I, I think <laughs> big doozy. I, I think they, the Jets would take Lawrence. I, I think the Giants would, assuming Gettleman's still in charge, which is an assumption I do not believe will be the I think a lot of Giants fans are hoping that Gettleman's going to be gone after the season. And, and I think the way they're going, the likelihood is yes. The likelihood is yes. I think Adam Gase is gone at some point, either during the season or after it. I think the only a, a coach on the Jets coaching staff that's worth keeping is Brent Boyer, their special teams coach, who's one of the best in the game. Um, but short of that, I think, I think, yeah, I think the Giants will take the Jets would take Trevor Lawrence. I would even argue the Giants might be if their Giants are in a position to take Trey Lance, they might strongly consider it. Now, I, granted, I, I think Jones just has not really had a lot to work with. Um, I think same thing with Darnold, which is why I think after an offseason, after the Jets, you know, probably have Beckton there. They have a solid backup who's more of a comeback kind of backup. And Chuma Doga, also George Font. Um, I think if they take Lawrence, outside of the receivers in running game, at least on paper, the Jets will have... The, the, the Lawrence will be going into a much better situation than Darnold was when Darnold was drafted. And if the Giants get Lawrence or a different quarterback, same thing. I, I just think that the toxicity and the lack of talent around Darnold, if, if the Jets decide to go in a different direction, might just add more of a freshness to the team. Same thing with the Giants. The Giants and Jets, I think since 2000, I want to say 2016, because the Jets were good in 2015, Giants were kind of good in 2016. Jets playoff run, which the defense also played well above the weight class and somehow got them to the playoffs. There was no way the Giants would have gotten their own offense. Yeah, right. In 2015, the Jets finished 10-6 and with Ryan Fitzpatrick as their starting quarterback. Um, both the Jets and Giants... Great journeymans, man. She's still playing. Play very well. Most uh, I mean, I think the problem with the Jets that season is they didn't have a good enough quarterback. They had a really easy schedule. They should have made the playoffs. But in any case, the 2015 and 2016 was the last time... So you're saying each New York team has had one good season the past six, seven seasons. Well, a lot of people might argue against that and say that's uh, you know that's an anomaly. Therefore, you really shouldn't account that as no. Part of you the, shouldn't. Uh, what I'm saying is that both the Jets and Giants have been terrible for so long now that it's time for dramatic and sweeping changes. I think the one advantage the Giants have over the Jets is they presumably have better ownership. Although I'm hesitant to even say that. Well, I don't think the ownership is bad. I think the ownership is trying to really, uh, no, you know, fix the... No, but I meant I was referencing the fact shit. that Jets had uh, Christopher Johnson as their acting owner and Woody Johnson, and there's this whole scandal about him, which we're not going to get into, but, yeah. Story for another day, maybe on a different podcast. <laughs> yeah, I think both the Jets and Giants did a lot of work. I think to close off, I think we'll say is that I'm all in on the uh, tank for Trevor. 
Um, I, I don't I don't hate Darnold. I think Darnold with the right talent around them could be a solid quarterback. Um, but I, I think Trevor Lawrence is very special. Now, if it's if it's a choice between Trey Lance and Darnold, I'd take Darnold. Um, I do not like mobile dual threat quarterbacks like that. Um, I think the Jets need a, need a new coaching staff. Again, maybe with the exception of Brent Boyer. I think it's way too soon to give a positive or negative feeling on Joe Judge. My feeling is that Joe Judge is a fine coach. Um, I don't think he's anything spectacular. I think the Jets, if they are looking for a new head coach, might go for a more younger. You know, Josh McDaniels might be a name to look at. The um, name I heard recently, Arthur Brown, uh, the offensive coordinator for the Titans. Eric Bainimi would be another interesting candidate. and Or they could go the college ranks. Um, there's a lot of interesting candidates there. We'll see what the Cardinals are doing with Cliff Kingsbury, Matt Rule on the Panthers, who should have been the Jets head coach. Or Giants, arguably, some would say. But, um, yeah, both teams need a lot of work. Well, so thank you for joining us, Jets Fan 101. We'll figure out your name some other time. But other than that... Have a great time, guys. Hope you guys enjoyed listening to our podcast at Fun Time Football Talks. We really got to figure out what that name is. Anyhow, enjoy. Have a great night, and we'll see you next time.